Hi, this is Alan Kinney. I nerd out about learning, design, philosophy, and technology. Today, I'm nerding out with Angel Carrillo. I hope you enjoy the show. First up, who are you, what do you do, and how did you get into corporate education? Uh, sure do. So, well, I am Angel Carrillo. I am the Senior Manager of Learning and Development at Hootsuite, which is a social media management platform. And I get to manage a very powerful team of uh, three individuals who pretty much oversee learning and development all the way from orientation to the moment people are ready to step into leadership and when they become their they're seasoned leaders and we still support them in their development. Um, how did I get into corporate education? That's very interesting. So for me, I think um, I always say that uh, learning and development chose me. I didn't really get to choose it. So this goes back to my early adult days. I was coming out of high school and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I didn't go into uh, school, right, like, like the undergrad right away. I was playing, I was thinking maybe I should do music or maybe I'd do something else. And so, I was pursuing music and at the same time I needed to work. And I am originally from Mexico. And so I uh, had one skill that not many people have and that was speaking English. So I went into teaching English and eventually that led me to go into corporate English classes and to leading the English classes for the company I was working for at American Express. So. I was there sitting at American Express and I was making relationships and being there for the people. And one day someone approached me and said, hey, we're looking for someone that's bilingual that might be interested in doing uh, becoming a trainer for our bilingual markets. And so I said, oh, that sounds interesting. I applied and ended up getting it. And so that's when I joined corporate education for the first time as a trainer for the customer support operations at American Express, because they needed someone that had some experience with adult learning, but it was bilingual. That was a deal breaker. So that's how I got in. Yeah. That's great. I've, I've known you for a while, and I don't think I ever knew that particular aspect of the story uh, where you kind of like used another skill set to jump into the L&D space. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you mentioned music, too. So uh, is that still a passion that follows you? Like, is that something you're still uh, working on at all on the side? I do. Yeah. So I actually... Uh... I, I went to music school for a while, then dropped out, and then came back to it with private lessons, never stopped. And uh, I moved to Canada five years ago. And the first thing I did was join a choir. Oh, and nice. so I've been part of that choir for five years. And I have been the president of the board of directors for two years now. So wow. music's definitely still very much present, just in a different way. That's cool. I, I love that you kind of kept that passion going. Uh, I, I still have uh, music in my life as well. Not that, that sort of leads me to my next question. So do you have a favorite learning experience that you've done in the past? When it comes to learning experiences that I've been through, I would actually go back to this thing I've been doing in the last uh, two years as the president of the board of directors. You know how you often talk about leadership and 
I've been teaching leadership for a while. My team has been in charge of leadership development, but it's always said like I've I've had I have had very good luck that my teams have always been fantastic. I've never really had to performance manage anyone and be like, oh, you better get on it or else you're out. And so I never really experienced having to really bring people from underperforming to 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 good performance until I became the, the president of the board of directors. And because it's all volunteer based, it's right. been quite a learning experience uh, of uh, leadership and managing without authority, because even though I'm the president, it's not like I have authority over them because I'm not their boss. Right. And the, the but things get, need to get done. It, the, the choir is 130 members strong and we put on two shows a year and we have artistic staff and we need to get things done. And so the operations will continue regardless of whether people are doing things or not. And so I would say that as um, like connecting it to learning, what really resonates with me in my own experience in becoming a better leader and becoming better at giving feedback and asserting myself, it is how important experiential learning would be. Yeah. I think a lot of the times we, we, we create learning that stays in the classroom or on the screen. Yeah. And it's a great starting point, but I do subscribe loosely to the 720, 10 rule. Like, yeah, you, really, when you think about it, I, I don't know if it's seventy percent. Maybe it's not that like like solid, but most of the learning will happen on the field, experiencing things. So the more that you can bring in experiential learning into your learning designs, really that. That, that makes it bigger. And that's probably why, why if I were to talk about my favorite learning experience that I ever uh, designed or had, a, or had a hand in was a few years ago, I was working for HP back then. And the my, my, my boss, her boss, they identified that there was a clear need for uh, increasing the pipeline of women in leadership and in technical mm. roles. Right. Yeah. I mean, tail as all this time, but this was eight years ago, and was even more so uh, clear that there wasn't enough representation. So I was given the project: please come up with a sponsorship program, and uh, and create something that will support our women in RHP to become leaders and to grow their careers and accelerate their careers. And so I went on to design this program that to keep it short was really about uh, the whole experience, not only with the sponsors, which was the, the, the core of the experience where these relationships that they build with someone more senior that can advocate for them, but also supported by learning and development opportunities. And what was interesting about that program is that it was not about skills. It was hmm. not about, like, oftentimes programs for women are labeled like, oh, you need more executive presence, you need more uh, right. better communication. And this really was about 
less about the lack of skill because I'm pretty sure they were very capable of doing everything that they needed to do to become leaders and more about how can they navigate the system that oftentimes gets in the way. And yeah. we partnered with this vendor that uh, uh, th that do amazing thing for things for women, and uh, th they came. Uh, they created these amazing experiences where creating these peers peer coaching circles where mm -hmm. women empowered each other, and it was very successful. I really liked it because it was very integral. Yeah, in the approach. Yeah, not not top down coming in and telling people what they need. Quick break to remind you that if you hear anything interesting today, please pause the show and write it down. Alternatively, check out back episodes at alan.substack.com. Now back to the show. Uh, I'm I'm really curious. Can I pick on that just a little bit? That thread of um, you you mentioned like uh, executive presence and things like that, and I see that in uh, leadership development curriculum specifically targeted at women a lot. Uh, why do you think that's the case? Like, how did we get into this kind of rote cycle of using, reusing the same curriculum over and over again? And, and how, like, how did you get out of that rut? Like, how, were, were you mm. able to make the case? Was it just obvious to you? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was, I, I couldn't claim it was obvious to me. I, but, <laughs> but, 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 but to respond to your first question, I think we get into the habit of just reusing things because nowadays all you have to do is go on the internet, Google something, right. and then you'll see the same program recycled. And to no one's fault, you would think, oh, that's that makes sense. And it might right. make sense. There, 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 there's very good things. There's no need to reinvent the wheel every time. I always go to Google and see, like, whenever I get stuck, I, I, I'm i like, why am I stuck if I could just go and search for it? And I go. But then you have to think about, okay, where is this coming from? Where is it, this actually trying to achieve? What are the learning objectives of that program? And are yes. they the same as mine? Yeah. And the, re the, the reason why... I approached that program differently was because I, I was, I mean, I was designing it, but I was not by myself. And I had mm. this um, project team of um, talent management partners, HR business partners, and some representation of our uh, technical uh, employees that were all women. And it was really about sitting down and discussing and opening myself up to their experiences and one of them said well it's not like women can't communicate so why do we always have to do that training over and over again right and that just opened it up for me and made it very clear that yes you're right a program for women in leadership shouldn't be about what they lack and it should be more about what they need to navigate the system that might, might at times be against them. And that goes for any underrepresented groups. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I love that, that co-design idea of like really bringing them to the table and putting them at the forefront of the design rather than like a top-down learning design knows best sort of attitude. That's, I, I think that's very, not only inclusive, but also uh, clever in terms of a strategy to really like how else would you put the user first than literally right putting them first uh, I yeah. love that well when you are signing technical training you bring an SME right and like because you don't you know nothing and then I, I think it's easier to identify those situations when you are not an expert in the in the topic but when it comes to like the other 
let's call it soft skills uh, or uh, uh, not my favorite word but 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 the word that everyone knows soft skills <laughs> uh we, 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 it's human experience it's human behavior so we often think like oh i got this i can do it right and then but but no i'm not a woman i um i've never been in their shoes I've got my own experiences as as part of underrepresented groups, but it's not the same. I need to hear them to make the best decisions for my learning experience. I love that. That's great. Um, I'm curious. So as so, like I, I love hearing about your your approach for content design and, and how you think about that. As it's getting easier and cheaper to do that, I, I think about like when you and I first met. That was years ago, right? So like. I think I forgot what version of Captivate we were on back then. It was like Captivate <laughs> six, I think maybe. Possibly, yeah. Like maybe I, seven was we. Were, yeah. Maybe yeah. seven. I don't know. Um, yeah. So like, obviously, it's gotten easier. It's gotten cheaper with ChatGPT and generative AI and whatnot. It's getting really fast to be able to generate copy. Uh, where do you see L and D going in the next three to five years with this uh, this new technology? Mm -hmm. I think L and D becomes facilitator of experiences yeah the, the copy the content you can easily create it tap yeah. GPT, you can find it search it uh sometimes listen in the past four years i've given up on designing content and i'd rather go and find someone that's done it and has done it well mm -hmm. and i i'd rather bring that that spending six months designing a program by myself or with my team right so yeah i think that part is there but then connecting it to reality is what lnd has to do and yeah. when you think about it's becoming cheaper but also more omnipresent and there's so much content out there yeah. that i know i do it and i know most people do it they get paralyzed in front of all that content. So sure. what LND can do is help you curate that content, help identify what's most relevant that aligns to the org's objectives, to the business objectives or, or, or specific team's objectives. And then think about what else can they experience because the content itself won't do much. Right, Go yeah, by itself, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then what, what 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 can you do to help it really resonate, cement, and drive behavioral change, which is what you in the in, in the end you want? And I don't think that AI can do that. Right. No, absolutely not. Uh what do you what do you think is the missing the missing ingredient, if you were to name it? Like what uh what about having all the content in the world makes it so that people can't just like pull that correct content? What 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 special thing is it that we add here as learning professionals? It's the understanding of human experience, human behavior in a, in a deeper and meaningful way and mm. understanding what tickles people, understanding <laughs> what motivates them, what will drive their, them to adopt the content they're reading, what will engage them. Because the content can be fantastic, but if for someone it doesn't resonate they want they, they, they won't, won't get into it and as individuals we are able to like individuals like or, or, or teams but like human beings it's the better yeah. word l, l and d is uh, is a bunch of people working for people 
So yes. we're in the business on, on, of knowing people and that's the ingredient we can bring yeah, to the table. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I was wondering, like that motivation piece that you mentioned, do you find that also to be true even in the space of leadership? Like, is that something that you need to provide uh, when you're designing learning interventions as well? Absolutely. I, I, I think understanding where people are coming from not only in the sense of skill, but also of motivation is key because people don't just do things because. People <laughs> do things because they want to, need to, are compelled to. And that also because they have to uh, yeah. or must, mm -hmm. but those are not necessarily the biggest drivers of things. Like people would do something for money, but will they do it as passionately as if they were motivated Probably not. Right. So yeah. so yeah, I think motivation has to be like motivation for engagement is what what, what needs to be uh, really thought through in learning experiences. I love that. Uh, that's a really good way of approaching it and thinking about it. Now, I want to flip things around here a little bit and ask you, have you ever been asked to create or deliver bad training? And what did that, what happened? <laughs> Give me a juicy story. <laughs> <laughs> a juicy story, definitely. But you know what? I think it was a combination of uh, my lack of experience as a, mm. a, a, in instructional design back then. And also my, uh, uh, and the, the, the fast pace at, at we, what, which we were going. But I, a few years ago, I was still working in the operations training side of things and so things can get very mechanical their processes their systems so it is what it is right there's there isn't much and one time i remember we had to design this program for a migration of a platform and it, it was going to be huge so it touched pretty much everyone in the organization and in different markets so uh, I, I was working back in ju just for the Mexico market, and I remember uh, them saying, we only have four months to get this done. Mm -hmm. So design a core experience and then just copy paste the and just tweak it slightly and change the screenshots and what have you. I, I didn't get to facilitate that, thanks God, because I would have been <laughs> so uh, frustrated, but, but I designed it and I put it out in the world that when I think about it, I would never do that again. I would never yeah. do a cookie cutter approach. What it ended up being, it was just this bunch of slides. Um, the same recipe, introduction, bunch of slides showing the, sh showing the process, questions, let's try it out. Yeah. <laughs> rinse, rinse and repeat over and over again. For people, there were some that were in this training for five week, for five days in a week. I am just like so sorry for them, uh, and it was just a lack of. I mean, I gave in to the pressure. I yeah. also mm -hmm. didn't have the capacity of looking. I, 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 I had only been an instructional designer for about a year, so I didn't mm -hmm. really have how to the language, the knowledge to 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 fight it off. Nowadays. I like I don't know if people might hate me, but I come into organizations, I deliver a session one or two times to get the feel of it, and then I change things. I, yeah. I, that's just how I 
how I roll because I it, it, it's not because I think I know best. It's just that there's something I can add to it, right? Yeah. And content can be fantastic, but there's always something you can do to make it even better. For so, sure. yeah, that, 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 that's my story. I, 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 I will say I'm very concerned about the people that went through it. And but this was oh. like 12 years ago. So uh, I know exactly <laughs> how you feel. I mean, like we we've all been there, right? In terms of uh, being asked to do things like that. What what do you think is the motivation behind asking learning to kind of make this into a industrial process? Like, what do you what do you think is behind that? I mean, uh, a lack of understanding. Hmm. First of all, like I know, like they also want efficiency. They want to get things done. Sure. Uh, usually training is the last thing that they have in their project plans. And as we know, projects tend to go sideways all the time. And so by the time they get to you, you <laughs> are in a time crunch already as a project team. So you want training or learning and development to make it quick and fast. Um, and we need to fight for a seat at the table earlier. I think that organizations that realize that learning and development needs to be there from the onset of the project to provide that visibility and to be in the know. And by the time they get to us, we, uh, we might actually be able to help because we're also great at mapping processes. We are great yes. at identifying underlying things. We're great at identifying things that change management in change management might go sideways because we know behavioral uh, change. So we can add a lot of value, but because that doesn't often happen or not everywhere, we end up having to work with whatever timelines they give us. Absolutely. That's very insightful. And I, I really appreciate that you underlined that point, especially for the folks listening to this who may be newer to instructional design uh, or newer to learning and development in the corporate space. That is such a, a common pain point. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that for everyone as well. So, uh, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm cognizant of time. Thank you for being very gracious with your time with me. Uh, uh, one last question before we go. Uh, what is the one question that you wish I had asked? Mm. That's a very good question. <laughs> it's very meta, right? <laughs> it's very meta, yeah. But listen, as a coach, I I I I, I fully support it. It is <laughs> what motivates people to learn is a good question to ask. Because we talk about like why people want like why why we do learning, but yeah. but we're flipping it and asking why do people want to learn? Why do organizations want to or could become a learning organization? It might yeah. be a good question. So yeah, do I have well, to answer it? Oh yeah, you, I mean you're on the, <laughs> the hot seat here. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's it, it, there's an innate aspect to learning human humans are curious um he, like humans crave for growth and betterment and yes sometimes we get complacent and all that but i i, I do think that people learn because they want to grow they want to expand yeah. their knowledge their perspectives many 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 things and organizations can become a learning organization if they 
provide the opportunities to do so. And what I also think, uh, and, and this is something I've been hearing more, like every HR conference or, or L&D conference that I attend, they say that uh, nowadays it's, it's, it's not only about job-specific learning, but it's about general learning. Mm-hmm. So some companies are offering like, oh, you want to learn how to cook? You can use your learning time to learn how to cook if that's going to make you a, a better uh more rounded person go for it and i think that's such an interesting per- perspective because people want to learn because it's yeah. relevant and because it makes them grow in a relevant way so perhaps not constraining ourselves to the box of what lnd typically does and yeah. opening it up, like connecting to learning. And if, if people, if you give them cooking lessons, it might not seem very relevant, but then you make, you, you get someone who will want to learn other things later on. Yeah. And uh, you open the doors and then you can actually convince them to come and take your leadership uh, program. That's fantastic, but they haven't been very hesitant to take. I love that. That's that's a really good point. Actually, I hadn't thought about it in those terms before. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, but uh Thank you for answering your own very difficult question. I really appreciate it. Uh, I see we're we're past time. Thank you for taking the time with me. Anything you'd like to plug before we we wrap up here? Oh no, not really. Just uh, do, do you know what uh, the, the the thing that really drives me is uh, what I already said. We are people working for people with people. So yes. never forgetting that part. It's key to me in terms of driving great learning experiences. Perfect note to end on. Thank you, Angel, and great seeing you as always.